welcome to Valley Creek. We are so glad that you're here. Come on, whatever campus you're at, Denton, Flower Mound, Louisville, the venue, watching online somewhere in the world. Let's just welcome each other together for a moment. Come on, we are so glad that you are here with us, whether this is your first time here, maybe you haven't been in a while, maybe you're here with us every single weekend. It really doesn't matter. We believe hope is here because Jesus is here. And you picked a great weekend to be here because this weekend, across all of our services and all of our campuses, 176 people are getting baptized. Oh, come on, somebody. A hundred and seventy-six people, a hundred and seventy-six people with changed lives that are saying, Jesus is Lord and I will follow. And if you ever wondered why we do all that we do, it's for this. This is why we give. This is why we serve. This is why we invite. This is why we create environments and atmospheres because Jesus changes people's lives so because of you this weekend, 176 people. Come on, somebody, 176 people. I don't even have a voice left for cheering for every one of them because every one of them deserves to be cheered for in the name of Jesus. And what's so cool this weekend is out of those 176, 96 of them are students. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. When was the last time you were ever around a hundred teenagers getting baptized? A hundred teenagers saying, I don't want the world, what the world offers me. I want what Jesus offers me. You see, while the world tells us that this generation is hopeless, no, they are generation hope. They have the opportunity to carry the hope of Jesus into places that you and I never dreamed of. In fact, Psalm 145, it says, each generation will praise you and tell the next generation about the great things you do. Not only do we have the opportunity, we have the responsibility to tell the next generation about the greatness of our God, and they are responding to it. And if you ever wondered what a movement of hope looks like, you're seeing it. You're seeing it. Tell me where else in the world you see a hundred teenagers saying, I'm in with Jesus, man. This is life change. This is a movement of hope. So students, keep coming and hanging out with us. Keep moving forward. Parents, do whatever you got to do to inconvenience yourself to get your student to be a part of Hub and what God is doing in this place. And for those of you that are sitting here and you feel like your life doesn't really make a difference, get involved in the next generation ministry and watch what God will do through you because his hand is on this generation and it's our responsibility to tell them about the goodness of God. And that's what our church is all about. So come on, Valley Creek, let's celebrate one more time. I don't even care what I say for the rest of the message. That's awesome. You see, we're in a series called The Ascent and you're gonna have to listen to a raspy voice because I'm cheering for every single one of them. We're in a message series called The Ascent and we're talking about going to new places with God. And over the past few weeks, that's what we've been discussing. And, and wherever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, whatever you think about God, however close or distant you feel like you may be with him, what I want you to hear from me is there is more. 
This is not as good as it gets. The best of your life is yet to come and it's time to go to some new places with God in Jesus' name. And so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this and we started week one and we just said that the beginning of going to a new place with God, it's all about discovering Jesus. That if I wanna go to a new place with God, the foundation is his grace. That this is not about what I have to do for God. This is about discovering what God has done for me. That I don't have anything to achieve, to prove, or to earn. I have everything to receive, discover, and explore. That I don't have to make my way up to God because in Jesus, he came down to be with us. And the more I discover Jesus, the more I desire Jesus. And as I begin to discover and desire Jesus, I move to this next place where I start finding friendship with God. Because all of a sudden, I believe that the grace of Jesus has forgiven me and changed me and set me free. And any barriers that existed between me and God are now gone. I'm wanted, I'm accepted, I'm secure, and I can be as close to God as I want to be because of what Jesus has done. And as I start finding friendship with God, then I move to this next place where I want to start making a difference. Because all of a sudden, when you realize Jesus made a difference in your life, you now want to spend your life making a difference in the lives of other people. And if you're friends with God, all of a sudden, you want to be a part of what God is doing. You don't want to go live your life and ask God to come be a part of it. You're like, no, we're friends. What are you excited about? God, I want to be a part of it. And you know what God's doing? He's reaching the lost, building his church and making disciples. So all of a sudden, it's like, I want my life to be a part of that as well. And whether you've realized this or not, for the last few weeks, all we've been talking about is the gospel. See, this is the gospel. The gospel is not for one hour a week on a Sunday morning. The gospel is not a prayer you prayed somewhere in the past of your life. The gospel is not about getting to heaven someday. No, no. The gospel is discovering Jesus, finding friendship with God, and making a difference in the world around me. The gospel is a restored identity, a reconciled relationship, and a redeemed purpose. The gospel is me discovering who I am in Jesus, who God is, and what I am created to do. And it is not for an hour a week. It is for all of your life. You see, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross, the gospel, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. In other words, the gospel is foolishness to the world. But to those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, it's the way we go to new places with God. Or how about Romans 1.16? It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God to save us. And salvation does not mean heaven someday. It means a restored identity, a reconciled relationship with God, and a redeemed purpose. And it is for everyone who wants to believe in Jesus. You see, if you go to the mountain for me, as you start going on this journey of discovering Jesus, finding friendship, making a difference, as you start allowing the gospel to take work in your life, all of a sudden you start becoming filled with hope. As you go to new places with God, your life starts overflowing with hope because you were stuck down here in the valley of the shadow of death. You were lost in your brokenness and your confusion and your sin and your pain and your struggles. And then Jesus showed up and he pulled you out of the valley of the shadow of death and he brought you to new places with God. And as you go to a new place with God, your life starts getting filled with hope 
And when you have hope, you start believing you can change your world. Hope is the byproduct of going to a new place with God. And when my life is filled with hope, I start actually believing I can change my world. And notice it doesn't say change the world because that feels too big and nebulous. And we say that in all the sense, like, I can't do that. No, but you can change your world. And all of a sudden you start realizing, wait a second, I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. And I don't have to be influenced by the darkness and the brokenness and the pain and the dysfunction of this world. No, no, no. I've got the gospel. I've got Jesus. I've got friendship with God. I've been empowered to make a difference so I can change my world in Jesus name. You see, this is why Colossians one, I love this. It says living within you, within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectations of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. I love it. It says within you is a treasure chest of hope and that hope is not meant to be closed up, hidden somewhere in your soul. It's meant to be opened up for the world and God wants everyone to know it. In other words, he's given you everything you need to change your world. And you say, well, what does that look like to actually change my world with the hope of Jesus, to be a hope carrier to the places that I go? Well, see if you can catch this with me. The kingdom of God is a movement of hope. The kingdom of God by nature, it's the rule and reign of God. It's where things are submitted and surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. And the atmosphere of heaven, the kingdom of God, is the atmosphere of hope. And God tells us that his kingdom is forcefully advancing, it's moving forward, and what you have to understand is the church and the kingdom of God are not the same thing. The church is a part of the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is much bigger than just the church. The church is the people of God, and we're a part of the kingdom of God, but God wants his kingdom, his rule and reign, to not just be in the church, but to be in every area of life. He wants his kingdom to come in family, education, healthcare, business, government, media, sports, and technology. All the areas that make up life. In fact, if you think of the first thing God says to humanity, in Genesis 1.28 to Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He doesn't say fill the church. He says, no, no, fill the earth with the hope of heaven. But Adam and Eve messed it up and everything got lost and broken. So Jesus showed up and it says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And he has now sent us to do the same things he did. And I would submit to you that the works of the devil do not primarily need to be destroyed in the church. If you're in a church like that, that's a bad church. You should go to a different one. The works of the devil need to be destroyed in the areas of life. Or how about when Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He's saying, go bring my hope to all nations. And when we read that, what we often think about is we think about a missionary going to a third world country and feeding hungry kids. That's what we think of when we think discipling nations. But it's bigger than that. See, the word nations is the word ethnos. It means people groups. And people don't just group together by the country they live in. No, they, they group together by the areas of life in which they function. And I would submit to you that the NFL has a whole lot more influence on the world than Azerbaijan. I would submit to you that Hollywood is a whole lot more influential in the world than Tonga. 
Would you agree with that? Oh, come on, would you agree with that? You're like, oh, Tonga, it's pretty tight. That's a tough, that's a tough place. We have a bigger picture of what God has invited us to do. See, Jesus tells us that within us as believers is the kingdom of heaven. That the kingdom of God is inside of us and contained within the kingdom of heaven are all the answers to all the world's problems. All the answers to every problem in the world, poverty, disease, immigration, sickness, crisis, divorce, family chaos, every human problem, the answer to that problem is contained in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus tells us the kingdom of heaven is within us. That means when you walk into the areas of life full of problems, hope just walked in the door. Hope just showed up because you showed up. The divine wisdom, the, the supernatural solutions, the breakthroughs that the world needs are in you and me. This is why Jesus says, pray, our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Not just the church, earth as it is in heaven. You are God's answers to the world's cries. I mean, think about this. Jesus tells us we're three things. He says we're salt, we're light, and we're leaven. He says we're salt. Think about salt. Salt is not supposed to be on one part of your plate. No, you want to sprinkle it around to bring taste to everything. Well, we're not supposed to just be in the church. We're supposed to be sprinkled throughout the world to bring taste to a flavorless world. Or how about light? Light is not just supposed to be in one beam in one place. No, light is supposed to be spread out to bring light to all of the areas of darkness. Or how about leaven? Leaven is like yeast. You put a little bit in a lump of dough and it makes the thing rise. But if you put all of your yeast in one lump of dough, put it in the oven, your oven will explode. This is why churches explode. Because we all get together and we stay in this thing and we think this is what it's all about. No, no, we're supposed to be sprinkled out in the areas of the world to make all things rise in Jesus' name. And so, so I want you to think about this with me for a second. I want you to just think about who's in our church. We have moms and dads and sons and daughters and uncles and nieces and nephews. We have students and teachers and principals and administrators and educators. We have doctors and nurses and dentists and receptionists and administrators. We have CEOs and vice presidents and factory workers and restaurant workers and people in the financial industry. We have mayors and town council people, firefighters, police officers, civil servants. We have people who are social media influencers for a profession, musicians, people who work in Hollywood, people who are producers people who report the news. We have professional athletes. We have student athletes. We have coaches. We have administrators and trainers. And we have really smart people that do really smart things that I don't understand. <laughs> this is who we have in our church. We don't want them all just right here. No, we want them gathering together and then being sent out into the world to bring the hope of Jesus to the places of darkness. So now think about you. Where do you go every single day? Because I would bet you're involved in more than one of these areas of life. And when you walk in the door, hope just walked in with you. And if you look at this and you start thinking about it, it's real easy to think, I, I can't change my world. No, you're right. You can't change the world, but you can change your world. And you think, well, 
no, not me. Like, I just, I, just am, I just have a family and my family's really broken. Yeah. And if your family's really broken and you're the one that shows up with peace and forgiveness, you just brought hope into that space and started changing the world. You might sit here and say, well, I'm just a student. I can't make a difference. Are you kidding me? Every day when you go to school and you see that one kid that's all by himself and you invite him at lunch to sit at your table into your circle of friends, hope just showed up into your world. Or you're a teacher and you listen to everyone complaining about the generation and how hopeless they are. You get to be the one that tells them, no, look at the potential of what God is doing in them. Or maybe you're in healthcare and you think, I just see so many people all day. No. Before you engage with any patient, stop and say, God, Give me wisdom on how to heal their body, soul, and spirit. Or how about business? Just do things with integrity, character, and generosity. That changes the world just like that. Or how about you're in the government. Instead of seeing people to serve your agenda, you're there to serve them and what God wants to do in their lives. Media. Instead of using your art or your music to tell the stories of the darkness of this world, use it to tell the beauty and the glory of God. Or how about sports? Build up teams. Be a part of building people up instead of tearing people down. See, you have the opportunity every single day to change your world because the hope of Jesus is within you. I mean, did, did you ever just stop and wonder why? Like, why are you where you are? Why do you have the family that you have or the job that you have? Or why are you on the team that you're on or in the school that you're in? Why do you have the responsibilities or the influence that God has given you? Have you ever just stopped and wondered why? The reason why is because God has empowered you to bring his hope to that area of life. No one else in this room can bring that hope to those people. He's empowered you to do it. And so if you would just show up every day with excellence and integrity and servanthood, you'd be amazed at how fast the world around you would start to change. And what you have to just stop and, and you have to think is if I want to go to a new place with God, I got to start dreaming with God about what the areas of life might look like. I mean, when was the last time you just thought and said, God, what would it look like for your kingdom to be in my family? God, what would it look like for your kingdom to be in the areas that I go every single day? See, all of creation is waiting for us to rise up and be who God has called us to be. And what I want you to understand is this is what Jesus did. Jesus didn't build up a bunch of church pastors. No, he picked family men and, and business guys. They were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. And I submit to you, Judas worked in IT. Always fails you when you need it the most. <laughs> I'm just saying, I used that joke before, but that's funny. Come on, that's what Jesus did. And that's what he does with us. See, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Hope leads. Hope leads. Hope is the confident expectation of the goodness of God. So regardless of your title, your role, your experience, if you are the one in the room with a confident expectation of the goodness of God, you are the de facto leader. Because everyone else in the room has the confident expectation of the brokenness of the world. So if you're just the one in the room with hope, you become the influencer. You become the agent of change. You become the one that's shifting the environment. That's why I love Romans 15, 13. It says, now may the God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. He says, may the God of hope fill you with hope till you radiate hope. You become radioactive 
And you go into an environment and it doesn't influence you, you influence it in Jesus' name. That's who we're called to be. And that's what going to a new place with God looks like. And this is why we say things around here like this. We say we're one church that meets at multiple campuses that carries the hope of Jesus to thousands of locations. We're one church. This is us. But we meet in multiple campuses, harbors, where people come in like today and experience the hope of Jesus. But then we all go out to all the places of life and we exist in thousands of locations. Valley Creek isn't in like a handful of campuses. No, it's in thousands of locations because wherever you go, there we are. They're the hope of Jesus is. They're the opportunity for breakthrough and change comes. Come on. Can you just for a moment grasp how much God believes in you? That he would entrust you with his kingdom? That he would fill you with a treasure chest of hope? That he would put the opportunity and the responsibility on you to say, let's Let's go do this together. Dream with me about what your business would look like if it was surrendered to my kingdom. Dream with me about what your team could look like if it really was surrendered to the kingdom. Dream with me about what the office or the school or, the, or, or your home or whatever. Dream with me, God says, because he believes in us. Somebody just needs to hear that today. You, you've been wondering, do you believe in God? He believes in you. Whether you believe in him or not, he believes in you. This is why we say we're a movement of hope for the city and beyond. Because when we all start moving to the places of life that we go and we know that we've been empowered with the hope of Jesus, all of a sudden we realize we don't exist for ourselves. No, no, we exist for the city that we keep moving and bringing us hope and changing things. And what I need you to understand is, is if you spend all your time looking at the brokenness of the world... You'll never have the faith to believe that you can change your world. If you go to the mountain for me, if all you ever do is look at the brokenness of the world, you'll never believe you can change your world. See, I think a lot of us, we spend so much time complaining about what's wrong with the world, we forget we've been empowered to change our world. Somebody needs to hear that again. We spend so much time complaining about the world, we forget we've been empowered to change our world. See, what I, what I want you to get is some of you have asked this question along the way, like, why don't we as a church always talk about all the broken things that are happening in the world? Well, the first answer would be if we always talked about what was happening on the news cycle, we would never be able to preach the word of God. Because <laughs> all we would be doing was be talking about the darkness and the brokenness and the pain in the world. It's real. And there's a time and a place for it. But hear me, we don't want to talk about the brokenness of the world. We want to talk about the goodness of God. The Bible tells us that faith comes by, come on, faith comes by, so whatever you're hearing, your faith in that thing grows. So if all you ever hear is how broken the world is, your faith in the brokenness of the world is growing. But when you start hearing about who Jesus is, what he has done, and what it means for you, your faith in that begins to grow. And now you start to believe, I can change my world. That's why at Valley Creek, we only want to talk about Jesus, what he has done, and what that now means for us, because that's where our faith needs to grow. You don't need any more faith in the darkness of this world. I don't need any more faith in the darkness of this world. We need faith in what Jesus has done. Are you with me on that? Come on, are you with me on that? 
Okay. Why chase the darkness when we've been empowered with the hope? Like, it's almost illogical if you actually think about it. That churches want to spend all our time talking about the brokenness of the world. It's like, we got the, ho- we got the answer. So let's stop talking about the problem and solve it in Jesus' name. Okay, so here's the deal. In this series, what we've done at the end of every message, I just give you three really quick things that we want everyone to do if you want to move forward and go to a new place with God. And I think you're going to like these ones today. So the first thing, if you want to go to a new place with God and start changing your world, first thing is simply this, take a shirt. Take a shirt. When you leave service, every one of you has the opportunity to go and take one of these shirts. We want to give it to you because you are Valley Creek. Now, let's talk about this for a second. It says, take a shirt. That means one. And it's only for you who's here today. I know your husband should have come today. And I know your kid just went to college and they're going to want one. And I know grandma's out of town and she's going to be devastated. Listen, they can come back and get one in the next few weeks. We want people to get them here so they connect it to here. So you can only take one. Do not put our amazing serve team members in an awkward position and make them feel uncomfortable and kind of guilt them. Here's what I'm trying to say. Don't take a shirt of hope in a deceitful way. Just, it's not, it's not going to be good for any of us. And if you're sitting here and thinking that doesn't apply to you, you're the only reason I have to say that. Okay. So now that we got that figured out, here's the deal. Taking a shirt, it's just a shirt, but you know what it is? It's a step of faith. Grabbing a shirt is like saying, you know what? I belong. I'm a part of something bigger than myself. I'm a part of a movement of hope and I'm wanted and I'm on a family on mission. And, and I may have not felt that most of my life. In fact, some of you, you've come in here, you've never felt a part of a church. Some of you, you're church shopping right now. You're trying to find a place. And today's the day that God's saying, you know what? If you'll by faith, grab a hold of that thing. This is your family. That you are Valley Creek. The Valley Creek is not a building, an organization or an institution. It's a people moving with God. And as silly as the shirt is, when you put it on, it's like reminding you like who you are in Jesus, that you don't belong to the world anymore, that you're different, that you've been set apart. You're a citizen of heaven. And all of a sudden you start realizing, wait a second, I am a Jesus-focused, spirit-filled, life-giving person. That Jesus is the narrow gate that leads to a wide life. And within me is a treasure chest of hope, just waiting for the world to see. You see, by taking a shirt, it's a sign of faith to say, I'm a part. And that's why you actually have to go get it. We don't want to hand it to you because I want you to actually have to take a step of faith to say, all right, I want to go to a new place with God in Jesus' name. So, so I'm going I'm to take a shirt, but I'm only going to take one and I'm not going to make those people feel bad and I'm going to do it in an honest way. <laughs> Second thing is this, represent Jesus in Valley Creek. Represent, represent. That's what it means. Represent Jesus and represent Valley Creek. You see, you've been empowered by God to show the world who He is. And when we all go out into the areas of life, we're representing Jesus and Valley Creek to the world. So I love what Jesus says. He says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. He says, You want to know what God's like? Look at me. 
You want to know how God talks, how he acts, how he thinks, how he behaves? It's exactly how I do it. He says, I'm here to represent the Father to you. Every follower of Jesus should be able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus and the heart of my church. So what I'm saying is when you're wearing the shirt, don't do dumb things. <laughs> don't start yelling at people and flipping people off on the road and getting all angry. And I know some of you are thinking, I can never wear the shirt then, I guess. <laughs> I know, I know. So, so hear me, we're all on a journey. And you don't have to be perfect to put it on. The whole point though is starting to be conscious about how God has empowered you to live your life. It actually does shift your thinking when you start realizing, better not act like an idiot right now. <laughs> Go change and I come back and be an idiot. Listen, this just happened to me just this last week. Uh, my wife got rear-ended. She was in a car accident and she called and went running down there and, and there she is. It's, it's pouring rain and we get there and here's the, the, the paramedics and the fire, firemen and all that stuff. And the fireman that is there, he's serving my wife and he's a hope carrier. And as soon as he sees me, he goes, hey, and we started talking and he's bringing hope to my wife in the situation. And then it's pouring rain and we're standing there and a Valley Creek family pulls up, hope carriers, and they roll down their window and say, you want to sit in our car so you don't have to stand in the rain? And he's so kind, like two amazing hope carrier moments. And then I went home and got on the phone with the insurance company. <laughs> hope went right out the door because I was frustrated. It's neither here nor there, but why have insurance when it doesn't work when you need it? Okay, enough said. So anyways, I had to call them back later and apologize for being frustrated. What I'm trying to tell you is even when you make a mistake, own it. That shows people the grace of God even more than living a perfect religious life. Religion shows people nothing of God. Honesty, grace shows people all of God, okay? And then the last thing is this, be a hope carrier, man. Come on, you're a hope carrier. You say, what does that mean? It means when you go into a situation, have the confident expectation of the goodness of God instead of the confident expectation of the brokenness of this world. In your daily life, do you expect the brokenness of this world or do you expect the goodness of God? Part of being a hope carrier is just doing the opposite of what's happening in a situation. If there's hate, bring love. If there's chaos, bring peace. If there's anger, calm things down. If there's despair, bring hope. It's just having the opposite spirit. It's starting to realize that there's a calling on your life. The, the reason all that chaos is happening, Jesus is sending you in as the answer. And not just the chaos, but the potential. Because sometimes we're in situations and things and everything's just neutral. It's just blah. The kingdom of God is not neutral or blah. God's saying, have a vision to take it to a higher level. Come on, and here's what's going to start happening. You're going to start seeing people wearing these shirts all over town. And when you see them, you're going to be like, boom, hope care. <laughs> and when you see them in the grocery store with Anna, you're like, boom, hope care. You're going to remind yourself, be like, oh yeah, boom, hope care. And then people are going to start saying this to you. They're going to say, hey, what's that shirt I'm seeing all over town? You're going to go, boom, we're hope carriers. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to have an answer. 
You're going to say, hey, this is my church. It's full of hope because Jesus is there. We would love to have you come. We didn't like that part as much. (laughs) Boom. Hope care. Come on. That's what's going to start happening. And here's what I want you to catch. When you start seeing other people with the shirt on, all of a sudden you stop and remind yourself, that's how much God believes in them. And if they were actually carrying hope right now, wow, what could happen? Oh, wait, I'm a hope carrier too. Am I carrying hope right now in this moment? Wow. And then all of a sudden you start seeing thousands of people all over this region with these shirts. It's a shirt, man. But it reminds us of a bigger spiritual reality. That you are not confined by the brokenness of this world. You have been changed by Jesus to now be the change agents of this world. And I get it. It's hard to carry hope if you don't have hope. This is why we always got to go back to Jesus. First Timothy 1 says that Jesus himself is our living hope. Jesus is our hope, which means to follow Jesus is to follow hope. If Jesus is hope, then every next step I take towards him, I'm actually taking a step towards hope. If he is the living hope, then following him is how I live a life of hope. The problem is, is we think hope is not found in Jesus. We think it's found in the mountains of this world. So if you go to the thing for me, we think hope is found all out here. So we spend our lives trying to climb all of these mountains, trying to discover hope, trying, thinking if just we can make enough money or just have enough degrees or just do so well in sports that we're going to find some hope. These places are void of hope. Hope is in Jesus. And then he sends you to be the one to bring hope into those spaces. You will never find hope in the areas of life because you've been empowered to be the one to bring hope to the areas of life in Jesus' name. You see, let me close it with this. If you've been a part of our church, really this whole series has just been the three circles. If you think about it, receive his grace, experience his presence, release his kingdom. God restores our identity, reconciles our relationship, and redeems our purpose. That's all we've talked about in this series. All we've done is put a little bit friendlier language to it where you start understanding, discover Jesus, find friendship, make a difference, and change your world. That when I discover Jesus, he not only forgives me, he completely transforms my identity by his grace. And because of that, I can now find friendship with God and have a relationship with him. And a relationship with God leads me to believe that I have a life of purpose and I can start making a difference. And when I start making a difference, all of a sudden the life of freedom is I've been empowered to change my world with the hope of Jesus. That is the gospel. It is not about getting to heaven someday. It is not about just doing something for God. It is not religious. It's all about setting you free. And if you forget, go to the mountain for me. Work your way backward. If you don't have hope to change your world, it's probably because you're not making a difference. And if you don't feel like you can make a difference, it's probably because you don't really feel like you're a friend with God. And if you don't feel like you're a friend with God, it's probably because you're not really discovering the fresh grace of Jesus. See, Jesus came, laid down his life as the foundation of grace so that you could find friendship with God So you could live a life making a difference. And so you could be empowered to change your world. Jesus came, 
brought you friendship with God, made a difference in your life, changed your world. Now he sends you to do the same. To carry the grace of Jesus, to help other people discover him, find friendship with God, make a difference in their life, and change your world. You are a hope carrier in Jesus' name. And it's time to rise up and go to a new place with God and stop living in the valley of the shadow of death. Stop looking for hope on all the wrong mountains. Instead, say, I'm going to a new place with God. I am Valley Creek. And there is a treasure chest of hope within me. I may not feel it. I may not totally understand it. But by faith, I'm taking one of those shirts. I'm putting it on and I'm moving forward to a new place with God. I'm going to change my world in Jesus' name. So close your eyes with me. Close your eyes with me and let me just ask you, what do you feel like God wants to say to you today? Man, it's a great day. It's a great day for you to be here today. And I would say that some of you today, you walked into this place for the first time and you're kind of like blown away by the whole thing. That's the grace of Jesus saying, hey, I set an appointment to meet with you today. And if that's you, today's your day to say, I'm tired of climbing the mountains of the world, looking for hope in all the wrong places. I need some fresh hope today. Today is the day that Jesus says, come on, let's start a relationship. If that's you, all you need to do is say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I want to submit and surrender to you. I want to follow you because to follow you is to follow hope. Thank you that right now in this moment, your grace is forgiving me and transforming me and you're bringing me to a new place with God. And then there's a lot of us that are sitting here and whether we've been in this series or not, we know we've been stuck on the journey. And today is the day seeing fresh lives transformed, being reminded that I'm a part of something bigger than myself, having an opportunity to simply take a simple step of faith reminds me that I want to go to a new place with God. And so maybe you even cry out and just say, Lord, would you, would you just help me go to a new place with you? Because it's felt stale or stuck or I'm confused and lost. I not only want more of you, Jesus, I, I need more of you. And so what I want you to do right now for just a moment, I just want you to think about you being a hope carrier. Wherever you go, wherever your feet tread, wherever your car drives, whatever seat you sit in, whatever role you play, whatever opportunities you have, God has entrusted you with those to bring the hope of Jesus into those spaces. Not by being a religious person, by being a life-giving person with the hope of heaven residing in you. And so right now, Lord, I pray for every one of us in this room, every one of us that wants to by faith receive the calling to be a hope carrier in our lives, I just commission them in your name that the divine solutions, the heavenly wisdom, the breakthroughs, that you would help us see our lives from a bigger perspective. We don't have to wonder what we were created for. We know what we were created for in Jesus' name to go to a new place with God and change 
our world. May you stir up that faith. Lord, I pray that every t-shirt would be anointed and it would break through some thinking in our mind that we are a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in our church, a movement of hope for the city and beyond. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>